Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another week of Tape Measure Takes. As always, it is your host, Rai Rai, and joined once again by Chris, a.k.a. Schwebzy. Hi, friends. This is going to be the last week without baseball players on the field for the season. Yes. Pitchers and catchers report in a week. MLB, the show 20 streams start tomorrow. It's uh, it's an exciting time, and I'm here for it. But we do have. Well, you know, they they say that the uh, the end of the Super Bowl is the official start of uh, baseball coming back, and uh, you you can feel it in the air, and things you are can. happening. You can remember when MLB ran that ad during the Super Bowl, like five or six years ago. No, but that's petty, and I love it. It was basically like they ran it in the fourth quarter, and it was like baseball season's almost here. Was the entire point of the ad? It was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got we got some last minute hot stove stuff to talk about. Really, we're obviously going to get to the big thing in a minute. Yeah, some late minute hot stove hot stove stuff is like the understatement. Is the understatement. Um, and there might be more on the way too. To be quite honest with you, um. Something we missed last week, and I don't know how we missed it, was Nick Castellanos signing a deal in Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, we we briefly mentioned it uh, towards the end because we realized that we were dumb and forgot it. Yeah, and The face desk moment. Yeah, it was like the only thing that happened that week, and we were sitting there before the podcast going, what are we going to talk about? And I uh, didn't remember the one thing that happened. But uh, yeah, so it happened. Uh, the Reds now have Castellanos. They have a pretty packed outfield. I don't want to say stacked outfield. It feels like they could put together a strong, strong outfield. Yeah. But we're not totally sure who's going to make it up. It's entirely possible they they trade somebody like Winker too. Clear, clear little bit of playtime for somebody else. I do. I, I feel like they're going to keep Winker because there aren't that many people in that lineup that bring the on-base skills that he does. Uh, That's fair. I, I, I would normally say Vado, but uh, it's 2020, and Vado seems to be washed very sadly because he's such a great player. I'm here for the Joey Vado renaissance, let's be honest. I would love it, but the the problem is his power has disappeared, and with his power disappearing, pitchers are attacking him more. He has to change how he hits. And it's also sapping his walk rate, which yeah. is kind of his thing. If he doesn't have his walk rate, he's no longer Joey Votto. Yes. Um, he also pops out to the first baseman and catcher a lot more now. What, like once? He, he did it three times in his career before last season. He did it four times this year. Yeah, if you guys don't know, Joey Votto basically almost literally never popped up. Yeah, to the infield. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a really interesting move because Cincinnati basically saw everybody in their division do nothing and was like, okay, let's spend some money. It we We've talked before about last year and how the Twins saw their chance and took it, where no one was signing anybody in free agency. Their division kind of sucked, so they were like, okay, we'll sign some guys. And it kind of feels like that's what's happening now. 
now with the Reds, the Reds are, have seen a lot of uh, inaction in their division. There's, it seems like a division where like 89 wins could win the division. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's going to be something that I, I think they can get to it. Yeah, I mean, most of their signings have been in the uh, in the lineup, like offensive. But like that's a that's a solid solid pitching staff, man. And we know the moves they've made behind the scenes to to help out on the coaching side of of uh, the the game. But I mean, starting your rotation with Bauer, Gray, and uh, and Castillo, it's man, it's a it's a nice rotation. Yeah, and the other thing they did was they signed uh, Pedro Strop, who the the ex Cubs reliever, to a deal too. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to read into this at all, but uh, their last two signings were also, you know, direct losses of a division competitor. I doubt yeah. it's I doubt it's specifically their strategy, but it doesn't hurt. And we found out that they went for Osuna before they signed Castellanos too. I've said before this offseason that if I had to just, you know, if the contracts were equal, I'd rather have Castellanos, even though even though Ozuna has the stronger defensive metrics. I feel like, I, I don't know why, I, I don't have, like, numbers that read this, but I just feel like Castellanos is a better pure hitter. Yeah, and I mean, it was three years 50 million versus four years 64 million. So I feel like they got a better deal, too. And he also has an opt-out at the end of this year and next year, so it's not like if he does well and bets on himself with his contract, it's not like they're beholden to it either, which I kind of like. Um, and then, of course, Strop has a buyout slash option for next year too, so they really made some moves that could help him the next two years now. Yeah, yeah. And with Castellanos and that buyout specifically, we saw last season that Castellanos was kind of just going through the motions with Detroit. Well, you know, he he hit a like a ton of doubles with Detroit because that's what he always does because that stadium is a, a, a it's just a cavern. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially um, especially left center or is it right center? Yeah. Yeah. So and then he went to the Cubs and he was obviously reinvigorated just from body language and and just excitement levels. Uh he seemed to relish being in a playoff hunt. Uh, he he was excited to to matter again, and you heard some rumblings. Uh, there there were quotes this off season where it was like, yeah, he he loved the, he loved the playoff hunt. He wants to become more of a leader, and I guess he was kind of a leader with the Tigers, but he yeah, was leading putting him on a that young team. team. Yeah, putting him on that young team in Cincinnati that's looking for its first you know division title in a decade is a pretty good situation too. And not just that, there's been talks of Castellanos' immaturity and how this uh, this newfound leadership thing is is something he wants to develop into and start doing. Well, here you go. Yeah, and who better to learn from than, you know, Joey Votto? Yeah, that's true, too. That's definitely, that's definitely true. Um... So we've got a couple of less meaningful signings also uh we talked about strop there's also uh kinsler to miami yeah which uh, yeah who cares i mean they they (laughs) definitely they definitely made that that roster more interesting too to be honest miami yeah miami seems like 
Miami seems like dead set on just sign at like Not every single one of their record. No, no, it's just every single one of their signings is just like oh, I know that guy. I remember that guy. <laughs> huh? Interesting. I didn't think he'd go there. <laughs> let's so let's remember weird. some guys. That's a that's a David Roth deadspin thing. Let's remember some guys. Um, the the in what year is it news though? Today, <laughs> Yabaldo Jimenez is back in Colorado. I can't believe I said that was a straight face. Yabaldo uh, Jimenez is back in Colorado. What year is it? I was I was talking to someone about this earlier, and they were like, "Well, you know, at the stadium, like he's had success there before. It might bring something out in him." And my response was, "The only thing it's going to bring out is an ERA that starts with a six. Like it's it's going to be gross. But, it's not going to be good." Can we can we talk about that being the start of like Cleveland doing dumb trades? Yeah, that is that, that, the start of it. You could argue that was the beginning of their their uh, downward trend. Yeah, totally. And I, hey, look at the Rockies proving to Arenado that uh, that they're gonna do big things. They did. They brought twenty seven non roster invitees to spring training. He must be so happy. Oh boy. Seriously, really, like, though. it's kind of like we we mentioned in an earlier pod, like which stars we thought would get traded, and I'm pretty sure. Well, we we definitely did not rank Betts first. I think it was like Arenado, then Bryant, then Betts. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's how but, it shook out. Yeah, oh. we we've kind of, maybe it's just been overshadowed by Betts, but we no, haven't heard like, a peep out of Arenado. Yeah, we haven't because I think they've been hesitant to a little bit. And secondarily, I feel like on Bryant, the Cubs are just asking ridiculous prices. You're only saying that because they want Robles. No, apparently they wanted Albies from Atlanta. That's wild. And they wanted Bomb and Kingery from Philly. Woof. Yeah, that's uh, that's not happening. Yeah, we do we did did have one more hot stove thing though. Mm-hmm. That does affect the AL East too. Not not really a hot stove thing. It's just a well, uh, hot, are, in, hot are injuries hot, hot stove? News. Hot news. Yeah, because everybody's been wondering like, well, you know the Yankees have like seven starters. Why haven't they traded one? Why haven't they moved J.A. Happ? Why haven't they, you know, they moved X guy? Uh, because James Paxton had a nodule some cyst removed. I don't know. I, I was reading the the description of the injury and I was like, I know some of those words. Yeah, Maybe right. Uh, but he had a cyst. He had a cyst removed, I believe, from his ribs or underneath his arm. So he's out for three to four months before he can res- really resume baseball activities. So, all star game timeline. Maybe. I mean, it's Paxton, so you never know, really. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. Not. Not known for his health or quick recoveries. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, so uh, you you said before that the uh, the Marlins were on a quest to not be the worst team in baseball this year. Uh-huh. They are projected to be five war better than the Orioles, and they're also above the Mariners. Oh, oh my God! They might not be the worst team in baseball this year. The Pirates are surprisingly high. They have they're Josh like... Bell though. They're like eighth from the bottom or seventh from the bottom. Yeah, they could they could win some games, just not a lot of them. Yeah, but yeah. So um, back to Paxton. So the <laughs> the Yankees have 
they have Severino, they have Cole, they have uh, Hap, whom I'm forgetting their third starter. Oh, Tanaka. Tanaka, there we go. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that was supposed to be their rotation along with Paxton. And then after that, you have Herman, who uh, had his domestic abuse thing last season, so we don't like him, but he's probably going to make his way back to the rotation at some point. And we've also got Jordan Montgomery, who the world forgot about for some reason, which is weird because... I don't remember a, him having like a hot couple weeks a while yeah, ago. He was he was really good as a rookie for the Yankees. And usually that combination of things makes, makes people you, never forget them. Right. Especially in New York. Wildly popular yeah. and but and untouchable I, ever. Maybe it's his stuff like and his general soft spokenness. Like I don't for whatever reason he didn't become like a phenomenon like you would expect. That's a little weird. Like, you know, every, everyone kept talking about uh, Herman's like, what was like 15 or 16 wins last year, his ridiculous win-loss record. You heard about that a lot, but you never hear, you, you barely heard about Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. And uh, now that he's healthy again, he's he could what, have a six, big six, impact. seventh starter. He could have a big impact if he's healthy. He man. really could. Man. So it's going to be interesting to see how the, uh, the Yankees' fourth and fifth st- spots in their rotation shake out. I, I think they had... I think they had said that Hap was going to slot in as their fifth starter unless like spring training went horribly. Um, it's so, J.A. Hap, it could. Yeah, you have to assume that as of this moment, he's their fourth starter. So it's could really... But things, things could change, change, too. Yeah, true. It's going to be interesting. Um, I guess we have to talk about the other team in the AL East, though, now. I don't and know. They, they, they don't. They don't matter anymore. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, they don't. They don't matter. They don't matter. They're 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 out of the out of control. The out of control. They they as soon as they made that trade, they stopped being relevant to me. That's fair. Um, for those of you who are uninitiated, um, in this, which if you're probably listening to this, I doubt you would not be, but in the off chance you are, the uh, Dodgers acquired David Price and Mookie Betts. And Rengifo? Yeah, so uh, just... How do the, you pronounce that? I think it's Rengifo. Rengifo. But, uh, so that was a... He, Rengifo from the, the Angels was a separate trade. So this this first trade was a three-way trade between oh, I thought, Boston... Okay, yeah, I misread that. Was, I thought that was yeah. for Maeda for some reason. It was. It was. Uh, well, Maeda went to the Twins. Yeah. Twins gave them Bruzdal. Bruzdal went from Dodgers to Boston. Okay, so before I get confused... Price and Betts to Dodgers, Bruce mm-hmm. Dahl and Verdugo to Red Sox, made right. it to Twins. Right. Second trade, Stripling and Peterson to Anaheim, Rengifo to Dodgers. Also Page to Anaheim. And Page that, to Anaheim, too. Or is Page? Uh, is it Page? I, I, I don't know. It's Page. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the. I don't know the prospects yeah. that much. And supposedly, there's like another prospect coming from Anaheim to. Yeah. So, like Dodgers. the trade, the deal is incomplete. It's been reported yeah. widely, but it is incomplete. Let me put it this way. It's not Joe Adele. <laughs> if it's Joe Adele, something somewhere has gone horribly wrong. Well, you could say the same thing about bets for <laughs> the package they got. Yeah, but... Okay. No, I know it's different. Okay. I know it's different. Okay, okay. Um, let's start with the Dodgers' impact here first. 
yeah. before we go. All next. right, so the Dodgers have they, they may not have increased. This, all right, so uh, Adam Chamberlain tweeted that Alex Chamberlain, sorry, tweeted that they effectively made a war neutral move. So uh, Stripling plus Maeda plus uh, Verdugo uh, and Peterson roughly equal the war that Betts and Price are projected for. But they've consolidated all of that into two roster spots as opposed to four, which means now they can hypothetically get even more production out of the roster spots that are vacated. And, you know, I've, I've spoken about that a couple times on the pod where uh, roster building theory means you want to uh, consolidate your war per roster spot. And uh, you know, that, that is, it's better to get eight war from two players than it is from four just in general. Who was that guy who was really good? The rookie who was really good for them down the stretch last year. Matt Beattie. Yeah. Now they can get more him more at bats. Yeah, and I mean, for one, so of all the teams in baseball, of all the teams in baseball, very few of them are better suited to putting talent into an empty roster spot than the Dodgers. All right, I'm. I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I'm not sure if I did. The Dodgers organization is what people think the Astros is in terms of drafting and producing prospects. Um. I would, I would, I think they're more like the Rays with money. I mean, they did, didn't they just hire the entire Rays front office one off season? Because they're the Rays with money. Because they're the Rays with money. <laughs> but you know, everybody talks about, and I hate to bring the the asterisks up into this, but the, everybody talks about how oh they drafted so well and they produced so many prospects and stuff, and they really haven't hit since Bregman. And yet the Dodgers just every year they have an injury and you're like, oh, my God, who can they call up? And it's like the third or fourth best prospect they have. And sure, there he is batting 310 the first month he's up. Well, the stories are a little bit different because the the uh, Astros, the reason that they were stocked with so much talent was because they bottomed out and were absolute garbage for a few years. The Dodgers have done as well. Yeah, eight division done... titles last 10 right. years. Eight in a row. Eight in a row, yeah. Um, so the the Astros were like one of the original tanking teams. Yeah. You know, so they, they got Correa, they they got Bregman, they got Springer, they they got so much talent from those years of tanking. Yeah. Uh and I, I know another another tanking team was uh, or just, you know, high drafting team over a few years is near and dear to your heart. Yeah, right. Um, but that was also a even different situation than the Astros because they didn't have anything because MLB ran the team. Mm-hmm. But it, Look, it's always interesting to me is when you talk about the teams and it's like, oh, they're so good at this and they're so good at that. The Dodgers never come up in those conversations. I think it's because of the money. Possibly. Because, like, you know, they what, can go out and trade for David Price and Buki Betts and right. afford it. Like, it's, I mean, it's the Yankees too because... The, the Yankees and the Dodgers are two of the preeminent teams with just like just popping productive players out of, you know, whatever hole they crawl out of. 
and but yeah. you know pe people people don't tend to mention them as like one one or two and when you're talking about the best run franchises and i think that's because i i, I guess it's it's too easy to overlook the productivity when there's money involved yeah it, it is that's that's very true um I, do I think the Dodgers are a better team after these two trades? Yes. Well, duh. Duh. They have back-to-back -back MVPs on the same roster. That's happened, what, this is the fourth time it's ever happened in baseball? Look, if you're, if you're looking at any sort of sample size that includes more than 2019, um, Mookie Betts is like the second best player in baseball. And yeah, He's so good too. And it, it was, um, I have the question marks I have on this deal all surround. Is it worth it for one year of bets? Because now they're stuck with Price's contract. So the, the question is, does the regular season matter at all to the Dodgers at this point? No, they know they're going to win the they division. Know, they know they're winning the division, and they know they're going to host. They know they're the home team in the NLDS already. Unless something so, goes terribly wrong, knock on wood, right? Which kind of makes me wonder why they did this as opposed to going after Cole. Because I love Betts. Everyone loves Betts. We all know how good he is. But isn't Cole more impactful for a playoff series? Yes. Now, if I know obviously anything, the price tags are different. If there is anything we learned from the 2019 World Series, besides the Astros cheating scandal coming out of it. it is Three or four good pitchers can carry you to a World three Series. Three or four good starters, like solid starters that can pitch on bullpen days, can carry a team to a World Series. Yeah, and I mean, the Astros are stocked with arms. Always happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, since... Uh, I don't know, four or five years now, they always seem to have six, seven, eight quality starters on their team. Because again, we just talked about they've lost Maeda, they've just lost Stripling, they lost Hill. And they're returning two starters from last year. Yeah. And you know how much they care? Nothing. Like, not they at all. They don't care at all. Um, my one thing is, is I have an interesting thought in my head about the David Price contract and how the Dodgers can use him. Do you remember when he first got called up by the Rays in 2000? Was it eight? Wasn't that the playoffs? He it pitched was, in the, he, he was a reliever in the playoff run. But he pitched two innings every two or three days consistently. Mm-hmm. Could you get $27 million out of value knowing you have a lefty to pitch two innings every other day? If he does I, it consistently and good? I cannot imagine that at this point in his career that they would have him do that. Is he healthy enough to be a starter again? Uh, I probably, but I think he's, I think the Dodgers are the team to go to. If you're a starter that maybe can't manage a full workload, right? Yeah. Look at look at the yeah. innings totals for the past few years for Stripling, for Maeda, for Hill. Yeah. Hill is injured all the time. You could, and give, they... him a, you could give him 160, probably. 
maybe. Yeah, and a hundred, you know, they're probably going to be quality innings. The Dodgers put their pitchers in position to succeed. Yeah. And why would that stop with Price just because they traded for him as opposed to you know having him for a while? Yeah, that is that is that is fair. I think my favorite thing about the Price contract it was voted most value when it was signed in the off season. You know, it was the worst deal signed that off season according to ESPN.com. Was it Scherzer? Yes, it was. <laughs> it's crazy how things change that fast. It's crazy that Scherzer still does what he does. I know. At his age. Man, but I mean, <clears throat> I like what the Dodgers did at the end of the day, though. Yeah, I mean, Which no is, one, no, no like, one is sitting. I don't think I've heard a single person say, I hate, I don't like what they did. They, I don't think. I don't think it was they, the right move. They are, and they might go about it, quote-unquote, the wrong way, according to some people, but they are sick and tired of being the bridesmaid and never the bride this last decade, and they're like, fine, we'll freaking buy it if we have to, and I kind of love it. The, I'm the, here for it. The wild thing is, this is not... This is not some evil empire, $35 million a year deal. No. This is just opportunistic. one-year swing. Yeah. Like, listen to this. Listen to this lineup. They're going to have Will Smith at catcher, Max Max Muncy at first base, Gavin Lux at second base. Now, Lux and Smith were both top, top prospects at their position last year. And now that you know, now they're both promoted to the uh, lineup. Then you've got Corey Seager, Justin Turner, AJ Pollock, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and then I. That yeah, that's it. That's the lineup, and yeah. it's. How do you pitch to that? Yeah. You, you basically, if you're if you're competing against the Dodgers, you have to hope the rookies tank, because there's just too much proven talent there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we have to move on to the clear losers of this, though. Just okay. the Red Sox. Yeah. It's a... Did I think they could have gotten more for bets if they just decided to trade him straight up? Oh, definitely. Definitely. But do I think they actually got their fair share for also moving the price contract in this? 110%. And I don't think in the lineup and in that stadium, the drop-off from Betts to Verdugo is going to be noticeable. But, I mean, you're talking about a top-five player. You're now... He's still, like... What is he projected? 4.1 war on Steamer? Who? 3.8 Verdugo. He's like what three point eight projected four point four point oh something in that range. Uh, he had like two and a half a season last year, so that wouldn't be ridiculous. So like, I'm like, yeah, you're losing three or four wins at one position there, but with how much money you saved, because and this is where I get on my train about this. If the luxury tax was just a luxury tax, Red Sox fans should be storming the gates right now at Fenway. But it's not, because we have all these draft picks and all this international money, which is how you build rosters out. A tide 
to the salary cap now because it is a salary cap. And so teams like this, when they take swings, and you guys did, the Red Sox did take a swing. They took a big swing and put that roster together and won a World Series with it. When you do a big money swing like that, you have to blow it up. It's going to happen to the L.A. Dodgers at some point. All right. So some quibbles and counters to what you're saying. Yeah. I think you're I think you're mashing two arguments together that shouldn't really go together. So you're saying there's not a huge drop off between Betts and Verdugo and it's because of the the, right. the money. Those yeah. are two those are two different things. So you you've got your like production per dollar and then you've got your actual production on the field. Now we know production per dollar since Verdugo's in his second year. You know he's not making a lot of money. He puts up three and a half and four WAR. Then he's you know he's producing a surplus. Great. Verdu- uh, Mookie is still going to produce a surplus, but right, you know, yeah. it might not be as much because he's making twenty seven million dollars. Yeah, that's what I but, that's what I meant by that was cost per right, cost right, per right, war, essentially. But so. Yeah, like the the issue I had was just with, with the words you were using. It's like the drop off is potentially huge yeah. because Betts has put up. Look, Betts, his 2018 was literally the highest WAR season since Bonds. Yeah, Verdugo's never going to do that. No, I I feel very confident saying that Verdugo's never going to put up a 10 WAR season. By the way, if you're listening, Verdugo, can you please prove him wrong for once? Please do, because I would love. To, I would. I would love to see you massacre the Yankees for the next five years. But you're not. Uh, if you're. If you are listening, I don't believe you. I don't. I don't think you're going to do it. Put it on your bulletin board. Challenge thrown down. <laughs> Record this and play it before every game. Right. Give, give Give us those plays. Those sweet, sweet plays. Um. So yeah, I. Purely from a value perspective, it makes sense, but. Baseball games aren't played with value. Baseball games are played with talented players, and Betts is clearly the more talented player. So that's that's why the fans are upset. Like the Red Sox product on the field is going to be demonstrably worse than last year when they had three of like the fifteen best position players in baseball by WAR. Yeah, there's Devers, Bogerts, and uh, Betts, and They've just traded, uh, as I said before, the second best player in baseball. And what they got back was a guy who may never hit for a significant power. You know, it's it's like, it's sad if, when they're one of the most, they're one of the most respected, like preeminent franchises in the sport. And they have the most money. Yeah. They won a World Series a couple years ago. Yeah. They, they teams in situ, uh, who was it that wrote the article? Oh, and someone someone wrote an article for the Ringer saying that it's it's just actually unprecedented for a team in this situation to trade someone so good. Like basically, See, player players who produce as much as bets effectively never get traded. That's true, but it has happened before. Ben Lindbergh, that's who wrote it. But. It doesn't happen often enough that we think about it because we understand organizations are like, hey, you know, I don't, I'm not re signing here. I'm not staying. Getting something like this is better than a third round draft pick. 
it's true. And I, also, I mean, when, well, when you're a baseball fan, you're not just, you're not purely a fan with your brain. You're a fan with your heart too. Right. And this is, yeah. this trade is just incredibly offensive to one of those. This is the cost of them winning the world series because of how they won. Right. So my argument to that would be they played it poorly because the cost of this shouldn't be losing bets. The cost of this should, should have be... been losing JD Martinez or Chris Sale. Right. Right. You need to yeah. pick your you need to if you know there's going to be uh, like a war for which stars you sign, you need to pick your battles better. Yeah. I because mean, you know, JD Martinez is never going to put up a ten war season for you. Trade JD Martinez is in the face of your franchise. Yeah, that's fair. But trade trade some combo of like Jackie Bradley Jr. and somebody else. Like it's just it. I'm just never going to be okay with this. It just it leaves such a horrible taste in my mouth. Even if, you know, from a pure money perspective, this was like amazing for the Sox because, you know. That's what I, I I like to see both sides of an argument. I and yeah. I can I can see the argument that this was good for them because on top of the control, on top of the young productive players, they've also freed up like fifty million dollars in cap. Uh, right. You know, they've for, gotten, for next they season. were they project they were projected to be thirty six million dollars over the luxury tax. It was their third year, so they were gonna be paying fifty one percent on what they were mm -hmm. over. So which that's reset. Not, which is not a lot of money for them because they are one of the wealthiest owners in baseball. But your top three draft picks, if you have a compensation. So first, second, or first or second comp round pick, gone. 75% or 60% of your international slot money. Like... How how can you justify that that is not a hard cap, salary cap in baseball? Oh, this is another argument entirely. We, oh, we've been, yeah. We've been... But we, yeah. Finally, we finally saw what, what happened, which is when this was proposed by Seelig to help the mid-market owners keep their players, everybody said all it was going to do was screw over a team that built the right way and drafted the right way and signed a bunch and kept a bunch of their homegrown guys. I don't think anybody foresaw this where no, not teams at this like level. the Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox would all be in a panic to get under that line just temporarily so that they could reset that multiplier. Just for one year. But all right, it's so gotta I think go. we, it's gotta go though. Yeah, it will. Some it's gonna everything's gonna blow up. Yeah. Um all right, so yeah, I think I think we're uh spent a lot of time on this. Let's talk about the other teams briefly yeah briefly um twins get more starting pitching they needed more starting pitching um bruce Dahl was projecting out to be more of a high impact reliever than a starter so i feel like this was a great move for them the thing i the thing about bruce Dahl is i think he he still has it in him to be a starter if his body holds up he is a short guy he uh has packed on a lot of weight since he made it to the to to uh, the minors, so you worry about his health holding up. 
he seems like he's got he he absolutely has the arm talent. The dude throws the easiest ninety nine I've ever seen, like easier than Felipe Vasquez. Yeah. Um, and he just, uh, it, it's just you wonder if the body's going to hold up. Uh, he had if he ever gets a more he so he has a good change when it's working but it's not working often enough so if he ever gets more consistency on that you've got the kit to be a good starter uh it's it's, it's just unlikely to happen because of yeah. all the other factors yeah. which by the way plays into how i like it for the red Sox because their bullpen is one of their weakest points too um yeah, rotation's not great either. Getting, but getting Maeda's, I think, huge for the Twins because it's yes. another, it's another potentially high impact 160 innings which they're missing. Um, Anaheim, Stripling, Peterson, Page. Well, so uh, before we move away from the Twins, oh. we've we've talked about uh, both their strategy and their situation before. The strategy being they've got their opening, they're going for it. Love it. Love, love to see a team making smart decisions. And it's, if Bruzdal does wind up being a reliever, this is a very calculated, smart, future-for-present yeah. kind of trade. Uh, because Maeda, Maeda has uh, just a, an amazing slider. He's versatile. So we, we've said they've had too many stars right now. They have, they have more than five quality stars right now. Maeda's perfectly capable of pitching out of the pen. Well. Yes. Um. So I, I really like this move for them. It, it, because, it's smart. Because uh, one of the pitchers that the Twins signed was Rich Hill. And he's hurt. So now we have five starters again while Hill is hurt. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I think they were the perfect third. They definitely saw an opportunity to be the third team and get something that they mm-hmm. needed for something that was a surplus in their farm system. Which is how you are a good GM and get the better end in a three and three-way trade so underrated part of what the dodgers did was the way they shed the the way they freed up salary and roster spots while simultaneously making this bets trade and well you know one of the big things that allowed this to happen was the other trade to anaheim which they traded jock peterson um ross stripling and uh other pieces to anaheim for uh, Rengifo and other pieces that we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, as of right now, it seems like an absolute atrocity of a trade. Yes. As of right now, but uh, we don't know all the pieces I yet. I don't get moving Stripling. Me neither. That's the part I don't get. Uh, like I have no problem I, moving Peterson. I Peterson was somebody who I've always been waiting to break out because they have the tools to, and just hasn't. Oh, he's just, the dude's just never going to hit lefties. I mean, never going to hit, period. Kind of. Peterson? Kind of. No, dude, look at Peterson's numbers. Dude rakes, he's a a platoon guy, but he rakes what he he does hit. Every time I see him play, he always has trouble with breaking ball. I'm telling you, man, it just, he he rocks righties. I will will look it up after the podcast. I will look it up after the podcast. Yeah, crushes righties, can't hit lefties. That's kind of his shtick. Yeah, but always waiting for that breakout. Dude, last but, two years, he last two years he has a 126 and 127 WRC plus, and that's yeah. basically from from hitting just righties. Like I said, imagine if he breaks out and starts hitting lefties too. Yeah, yeah. but um, which is what I've been waiting like five years for in fantasy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting, but I don't get moving Stripling. 
Yeah, Stripling had a run a couple years back where he got thrust into the starting rotation for a prolonged period, and he was like effectively a top 15 starter. All-star like, game, it, too. Yeah, Made a long game. stretch. He was amazing, and uh, he's he's one of those Dodgeritis players who, uh, you know, is is afflicted by being on the wrong team and gets shuffled to the bullpen constantly. Yeah, um, the one impact this has on the Dodgers that I don't like is it looks like they're going to give Urias another shot in the rotation. Yeah, you don't love it, but. Um, you know, looking at it from purely a baseball perspective, the kid's got tons of talent. I'm sure he's going to be fine in the rotation. So again, like I said earlier, the Dodgers are losing all these starters and they don't care. They don't. They have like, they had two of their future starters in their bullpen last year just because they couldn't get them starting spots. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just nuts. Um, I get getting stripling for the Angels. I don't get acquiring Peterson. Cole Calhoun replacement? Gotta be. Or it's basically a, a seat warmer for Adele. Yeah, that's true too. If he if he doesn't start right away. Yeah. Which they you know we I I I kind of want we've seen a few uh, players have their uh, service time ignored lately. Uh, Alonso Tatis to name a couple. Uh, Paddock. Luis Roberts this year. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that's because of the CBA that's about to blow up. I wonder if people are expecting rules to change so they don't really care right now. Well, no, because con- it's uh, no grandfather clauses. It's Their Ooh. contracts are grandfathered in. I mean, now, I, they, they could they could decide not to do that. Now, they, now the arbitration could change in a new CBA, too. Yeah. And that would so. not be grandfathered in. So that might be that might definitely be a reason. Yeah. So I I, I do I just wonder if they're going so especially with the way Joe Adele scu- uh, scuffled in AAA last year. Um, I I can see I can see him taking a month in the minors before he he gets brought he up. He legitimately probably does need another month in AAA. Yeah, I think he's fine. Dude's otherworldly. We'll see how he does in spring training, I guess. That is true. That is true. But yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the Dodgers' uh, depth chart right now. It's for starting. For starting, it's stupid. Don't look at it. They they still go seven deep in the rotation. I know it's so. It's number eight. Number eight is Jimmy Nelson, who was like unbelievable two years ago. (laughs) So dumb. Oh my god! All right. I think (laughs) that's enough of that. By the way, they've got as many arms in their rotation as like the AL Central. God, I think that's the longest I've talked about the Dodgers without setting myself on fire. <laughs> I, I it's a, it's a big day, big crazy day, huge big crazy day. Um, I do we do we talk about MLB the Show twenty? You know the 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 the, the, uh, the trailers are next week. The the streams are tomorrow night as of recording time. Not a ton to talk about. Um, no, but they did post an interesting video. I, I love uh, I love Robo Coach and uh, and and, and then Terminator Cyborg Coach Terminator yeah. Coach yeah I loved I loved that. Um, what was interesting was it wasn't super long videos about two minutes and thirty seconds. We got to see for the first time perfect perfect hitting, the new throw home accuracy meter which is new, and the extreme catch indicator in action for the first time outside of like the obviously computer generated trailer like real people playing on controllers you could see it. Um, I like, I don't like two implications 
in this video that they didn't address really well. And I just realized it. They made it sound like if you nail 100% throw home accuracy, you're going to throw the guy out 100% of the time. No, there's no way. That's the implication. Because it says, hey, get, get perfect accuracy and nail the guy at home. I think, I think that's just and two poor phrasing. I think it might be and two perfect perfect looks to be like if you get perfect perfect it's a hit. No, they 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 explicitly said that that's not the case. Yeah, but that's what it looks like. I need to see more. No, they they straight up said like yeah. this doesn't mean you're gonna get a hit every time. Yeah, but what what bugs me is that. But they said like, home. But they said home. But they said HR was gonna count for pitchers. In 2019, it ended up breaking the game. So, like, you, you know how in my concern here, you know how in like the show, there's like 99 rated and that's it, and then yeah. in OOTP, there's 99 rated and then there's perfect. Yeah, it's like we're we're turning like PCI into that. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think. I'm okay with it though. Um, yeah, I do, still don't know how the extreme catch meter works, but I love it. Uh, I I do like I I like the idea of there being more to defense because yeah. defense was very branded I want to say the vast majority of the time right uh, it was very easy to defend competently and uh, pay it no mind it was also now, very easy to cheese run on defense because it was brain dead too mm-hmm. oh my god if like. If I had a dollar for every time a base runner was safe because my guy took forever to gather the ball, like, uh, so what it I wouldn't looks have to, like, I wouldn't have to do a podcast, right? So like, look, the, the extreme catch indicate. I'm no selling that, by the way, hundred <laughs> percent. The extreme catch indicator looks like to be. It looks like a circle where the baseball is, and it's red, and it looks like it lights up green for a split second. And if you press the dive button or the catch button. That you get that you have a chance to get it, and I feel like that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I, it almost feels like it's a guided dive opportunity. Yeah, because like it's it's a different indicator than the normal catch indicator. What triggers that? Is it just like the game knows your outfielder and how far away you are, so it gives you the different indicator to show like, oh, yeah, this one's iffy. Yeah, that that would be interesting too because then you'd have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Because it looks like it's a, a baseball like the 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 baseball indicators from like the last couple years where it was mm. the, the the faded baseball and then this brighter one that has a circle around it and then the red color. So you really kind of have to pay attention. So that would be interesting too if that is the case. Anyway, we'll find out more tomorrow for or yeah. maybe today or the day <laughs> the day after depending on when it is. MLB The Show 19 released Andrew Jones and no one cared. I cared. Yeah? I haven't played in like three weeks, but <laughs> I cared. I cared. I was happy that Andrew finally got a Sig Series card. Uh, yeah, it's nice. I like Andrew. I like it. Andrew Jones for Hall of Fame. Look, if we could have a pre-30 Hall of Fame, he'd be in it. <clears throat> that's 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 fair. Um. Oh, really, really random thing just to tack on to the end of this because we're just almost to 50 minutes. Did you see Pete Rose filed an injunction against MLB today? 
Yeah, triggering people all over the internet. That was fun. Yeah. Man. Because everyone immediately leaps to compare it directly to the Astros thing because he compared it to the well, Astros. That's thing. what was his that's what he did was it was like this is the Astros. I said I said what should happen so that the MLB could maintain their consistency was that they should reinstate Pete Rose and ban every coach he's ever had. <laughs> Kick Sparky out of the Hall of Fame? Come on, that's Kick a little cruel. That's a Kick little cruel. Out. That is a little cruel to Sparky. Is he, is he dead? Yeah. Uh, exhume his corpse. <laughs> Just <laughs> defile the corpse. Kick by him the way, out of the Hall of Fame. By the way, that is still my favorite quote I dropped on Twitter. Twitter this season when people complained about Davey Martinez's bullpen management. Sparky Anderson couldn't even platoon this bullpen. <laughs> God, he loved he loved platooning people. He would actually probably be one of the few old school coach managers that could be really good in this era. Yeah, you don't you don't think he'd like be like Matheny and just kind of overdo it? No, because he was like platooning and figuring out people could only hit righties and lefties and figuring out all that stuff in the lineups like back in the seventies. Yeah, but if you actually give him the information, he might you know he might like, throw it in the trash oh. can. <laughs> This is amazing. Like, and or no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like he did that with less information at his disposal. Now he's got it all. He's gonna try to make every move. Yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, anything else to add? No. Nah. I, I could complain about the Red Sox some more, but I don't think anyone else wants to hear that. Man, sad day. This is like if the Angels couldn't come to a deal with Mike Trout and traded him last off season. Like this is it's exactly the same scenario. I think I think everyone would have liked that. I, yeah, I think everyone would have like, liked actually. Free Mike Trout. Free Mike Trout. I don't know. They they have a chance in Anaheim now, maybe. I still think they're the third worst uh third best team in that division. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um Yeah, if you guys want to check us out, we're on Twitter at Tape Measure Pod, on Facebook at Tape Measure Pod, on anchor.fm slash tape measure takes and on Patreon, patreon.com slash Um For Schwebzy, this is Rai Rai signing off. <laughs>